0: Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. When women lead, share performance and profits go up 50%. Results are more powerful when everyone is empowered. This is the insight that brought the four founders of Beyond Barriers together. We came from a diverse set of leadership backgrounds with a common goal to close the gender gap at work and expand economic opportunities for everyone. Tune in each week as one of us interviews inspiring guests who share stories and cutting edge strategies that will help you learn what helped them go further faster.
1: I'm Monica Marquez, your host for today's episode. Kego Obechi-Rust and Shay Tate Dadani describe themselves as entrepreneurial and experimental. They are two successful female venture capitalists who share their unique perspectives on starting and funding a business. They discovered, through their own journey, that breaking into the venture capital world was a challenge. So they set out to help other people, especially women, by giving them practical steps to do what they were able to do. With this in mind, the book, The Venture Fund Blueprint was written. From practical advice on breaking into the venture capital world to strategies for building trust and prioritizing your personal life, we'll explore the topics that will help you succeed in your career. Join us as we discuss the pay-it-forward culture of the venture capital world and learn how to ask for help how not to take rejection personally, and what Kago and Shay are doing to promote diversity in the fund management field. Visit GoBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Kago and Shay. Hi, welcome, Shay, Kago. Thank you so much for being on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We are thrilled to have you here. And this is going to be a unique episode for our audience because usually we have one guest, but today we are graced with two individuals who are going to be sharing insights, journeys, and also some really amazing information around venture capital and kind of the, the blueprint for all of those. And I know that the, these are some things that have been um, in people hearing a lot about venture capital, startups looking for to raise money, all of that fun stuff. So, without further ado, I want to hand it off to you, Shay Kago, to kind of tell us a little bit about your story. How did you all meet Your each of your individual journeys and what led you into the world of the VC world and then the need or the, the um, you know, the desire to kind of just share and transfer that knowledge to the masses. Uh, so either one of you share, um, kick it off
2: for us and share that story. Thank you for having us. We're thrilled to be with you. Yes. Um, Kego and I are longtime collaborators, and we've worked with hundreds of fund managers to launch their funds from operations to fundraising to managing their portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, you know, really excited to have the experience to come together and write a book. I'll share a little bit about my background and then turn it over to Kego. Yes. My background's in early stage high tech venture capital. I was part of the founding team of a fund called True Ventures. And our whole goal in Ethos was to create a platform of founder services that entrepreneurs could expect more than just capital when they took funding from us. Mm. And I'll talk a little bit more about that and why it matters to what, we're, what we did with the book and our ecosystem. Um, but after that, I had a startup of my own called Zana, which was later acquired. And I had the opportunity to work with Melinda Gates' executive office called Pivotal Ventures on developing their venture strategy, which was mm. an incredible experience. Um, Kago and I, Work together to create a bunch of products for the emerging managers in the space. And then that later led into the
3: development of the book. So Keiko, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, perfect. Thank you, Shay. And thank you, Monica. Um, yeah. We, yeah, again, are so excited to get to talk about the way that we came together and the, the way that we really... Um, Formulated this idea of, hey, you know, Shay, you've come from this incredible background, uh, directly in venture, working with really compelling fund managers. I, I will brag about Shay for a second. And, and, uh, she was one of the originators of the emerging manager. Um, and my path was sort of on the public and private market side, working mm-hmm. with hedge funds. I spent uh, a decade at Goldman Sachs working with, Alternative investment funds with private equity funds really mm-hmm. being the, their central point of contact to launch and grow. Um, and it was sort of Kismet, you know, Shay and I came together several years ago and started working on all types of fund manager projects. And as mm-hmm. she said, we built several products to really be the educational piece of how a fund manager can build their business outside of just having a great deal nose and knowing how to pick great companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on after my my decade at Goldman to launch my own practice, um, an advisory service for several fund managers. So in the alternative investing space, in venture capital and private equity, um, mm-hmm. even on the nonprofit and, and uh, small business side, and um, we've sort of both of us since kept our roots in helping businesses grow and launch and and that's right. why we uh we came together to write a book about uh, almost exactly that.
1: Yeah, that is so interesting and I think what I find fascinated about it is that you know both of you have come together to write this book and you know again making a, a big a, assumption here but you know the need or the you know the need for a blueprint especially for you know women and women of color who you don't see very strong representation in, you know, when you think of alternative investments or, you know, VC world, um, you know, some of the statistics are, you know, single digit, right, mm-hmm. or, or low double digit representation, so can you talk a little bit about that? Because you all really do provide a wealth of information in the book and even on your sites of the different blueprints, like the step-by-step guides to launch a fund and you know fund preparation and things around you know things that some people may not even think about, right? That they they don't you know think about the growth strategies and all of these you know long term they're thinking of initial you know um, you know they're they're thinking of like this immediate gratification and you guys talk about like what's the long game here so can you talk a little bit about you know what were you know what led up to the book was it some of these challenges or even challenges yourself um, in terms of really you know finding that courage to kind of like
2: become more visible in the space? Paygon and I are very tactical and practical. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're able to think at the, you know, aerial perspective, 30,000 foot view. But at the end of the day, like we're not afraid to get into the checklist and the working plans and the, you know, yes. we, we love to do a good working session. Right. Uh-huh. So as we worked with fund managers over and over again, we were like, What they're, what emerging managers are doing in this space is so essential. Um, Mm -hmm. early stages where the best returns are. They're, um, more nimble. They're able to get into those wonderful unicorn deals before they become unicorns, develop a really tight relationship with the entrepreneur and found, you know, founding team. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're also very under resourced, right? So Mm -hmm. the way venture capital works is you're getting a management fee on your total fund size. And if your fund size is $10 million, you know, that's not very much per year, right? And so you may not even be paying yourself, let alone have, you know, the pool of capital that you're able to build a big team and um, have all these, you know, support services for the companies that you invest in. Yet Mm -hmm. you're competing in market with folks like, you know, the, the Andreessen Horowitz and other firms like that that have these huge, um, pools of, of talent available and capital and, and big fund sizes and also big teams to serve those same deals. So mm-hmm. how can we leverage, um, what we see, build economies of scale, help those fund managers do more with less and also to really empower those who are, you know, what we consider overlooked, you know, women, mm-hmm. minority, diverse backgrounds. Um, how can we really encourage and help them to come into this market? Because venture, by and large, has been a cottage industry. It's private. It's unregulated. It's hard to break into. It's mm-hmm. um, not a lot is known about it publicly. There's no book on how to do it. Or before ours, there wasn't, right? So right. seeing these opportunities to create create economies of scale and other things, we thought, you know, we should really write a book and not you know, not a novel, not a tome, but really a, a playbook, a guidebook, a launch book that's meant to be dog-eared and coffee-stained and sitting on your desk for reference that right. walks you through the tactical and practical steps of how to do things. So, Kago, I'll flip it over to you for for how we
3: actually did that, but that was our, our motivation. Mm. Yeah, it, it's it was such an interesting, and I would say even Fun process, um, you know. Again, we will probably say this a few times that Shay and myself, we can get in a room and just crank out work. And I think um, <laughs> because we have that similar work style, it was mm-hmm. somewhat very clear to us after we'd, you know, been working in this industry for many, many years seen many fund managers ask the same question over and over again, it was almost quite natural to turn the content and turn the resources that we'd continued to create repeatedly, turn that into something that was really memorialized. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had you know, beyond hundreds of interviews and conversations and advice that we've just collected. Uh, and mm-hmm. we're really good about, you know, keeping a database and a, a full Dropbox folder of all the things that we've um, learned over the years that the process mm-hmm. be natural. And, I, and I say fun because, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to to do something when you already have all the work um, sort right. of done for you and it's right. your own. Um, so, it was, it was a combination of really thinking through what questions have been asked repeatedly mm-hmm. um, and, quite frankly, not building and writing this in a vacuum, right? Going back out to those fund managers and saying, hey, I know you ask about this. Mm-hmm. I know this is a challenge for you, but how do you want to learn about it, right? Do you mm-hmm. want... Um, A fill in the blank form of how you do something. Do you want uh, an anecdote from another fund manager that's your, your same peer group or, you you know, within your peer network and see how they did it? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you want to, uh, us to just go to someone, a legal professional or a fund administrator professional and have them write out step by step how you do X, Y, and Z? So we really tried to build this book based on how would you fund managers want to learn and what are their greatest challenges and sort of mm-hmm. building the Venn diagram of, of where those two mm-hmm. units overlap? Uh, yeah, that was really our, our writing process and, and I found it to be, um, you know, natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it turned out, you know, to be a, a really pragmatic book as, as Shay mentioned. And one yeah,
2: thing no, I'll just Go sorry. ahead, Shay. Yes. Go no, ahead, was, no, one thing I'd just love to add to that is that one of the things Keiko and I love about this industry is the pay it forward culture, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, emerging managers by, by and large are incredibly generative and in sharing and they want to help each other. So that kind of, that ethos of if I've spent 10 hours researching something, I don't want you to <laughs> spend that same, same 10 hours. I'd much rather knowledge transfer, share with you what I learned, give you the TLDR, um, so that mm-hmm. you can move on and, and not, you know, waste, have that same sunk cost of time. And so, these managers that we collaborated with, and you see them throughout the book, they were mm-hmm. so generous with their thoughts, with their time, with their questions, with their own answers. Mm-hmm. And that was, I just found that to be really refreshing. Yeah,
1: no, that's phenomenal. And I mean, I think what you're sharing there in terms of this this idea of like paying it forward, this idea of reciprocity, of how important community Um, is and, and sometimes, you know, as you said, some of these fund managers are kind of launching their own funds, small resources, small team, where sometimes they may feel a little isolated. And so really kind of making sure they're reaching out and building strategic and powerful relationships that can help them along is key. Um, can you talk a little bit about how, you know, each of you is when you think about community, whether you're advising your fund managers or even for yourselves, how are you leveraging community? in order to help you kind of move further faster and get beyond maybe some of the obstacles or, or barriers that will present themselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I can, I can uh, start to talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's echoing what Shay mentioned before. It, you really only build a community in our opinion um, mm-hmm. by giving much more than you receive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it sort of dovetails to pay it forward, but When you're going out to a group of individuals and asking for a favor, asking for money, um, Mm -hmm. asking for a recommendation, a portfolio company, you know, whatever it is, think about them. Think about their perspective. How do you Mm -hmm. make this really easy for them? Um, can you, you know, in between asking them for something, are you passing on articles that they might be interested in that are related to their business? Um, because when you, do ask for help. Um, and I think about this a lot for mentor networks or advisors that you go to. Mm-hmm. You want them to feel like the less clicks, the better. Right. So you're giving them as much information as right. possible. Um before they before they have to do any work. If you're asking for an introduction, are you preparing a forwardable email that's very clear of who that person is and why you're asking for the intro, as opposed mm-hmm. to a "Hey, I'd love to meet ten institutional investors in your network. Can you send me a list?" No, that's putting that's creating more work for them, right? right? right. So how can you make the the least amount of clicks possible <laughs> um, as you're asking for help? To your community. So use your community, but mm-hmm. make it really, really easy for them. And I think, um, again, that it kind of dovetails to pay it forward because hopefully they do the same to you.
1: Right. Now, and I love what you said, like, you know, minimize the clicks and, and, you know, what we do when we're coaching a lot of our individuals of they needing to reach out and find mentors or sponsors to help them get ahead. It's being specific. Know your ask. Uh, and I think it's key and it's important and, and know exactly rather than just blatantly saying, get, you know, who are 10, you know, um, you know, 10 contacts. Instead, it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, I, here's why here's what I need. And could you introduce me to one or two? And here's a sample template, right? Copy, paste. Yeah. And, and easy.
3: Absolutely. I even have a a somewhat of a rule. And I think um, Shay and I try to follow this is think about, you know, the fold and below the fold. So mm-hmm. whether you're looking at an email or a website, when you're asking someone for something, a- ask them for what you need, right? After the pleasantries mm-hmm. of how have you been? I'm, I'm speaking tactically with email, but how have you been? What's, you know, what's the latest? I'd love your help with X. Ask them the question immediately. And then anything else that you need to tell them, put it below the fold. Put it below your signature. More details below, <laughs> right? No yeah. one wants to receive an email or a message from you that is so arduous to get through just to get to the meat of what you need. Mm-hmm. Usually the people you're reaching out to are are already going to say yes are <laughs> already willing to help so make it really easy ask up front i love what you said monica about this is a tr- part of the training that you think about too mm-hmm. um with your community
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, you know, you all work with a lot of, you know, managers or entrepreneurs, others, like a lot of the times they're not knowing where to start. So you've built these kind of step by step types of things. But what would you say are some of the kind of fears or limiting beliefs that they come to you with? And how do you help them kind of move past
2: those things? I'm thinking about an example from last week of a fund manager um, who called me up and said, I'm using your book. My partner and I are going through it together. We're starting a new fund and mm-hmm. we're going through it together to make sure that we're on the same page. Um, mm-hmm. One of our favorite things now is like when people send us pictures of themselves reading the book on the beach or in front of their Christmas tree or like right. whatever it is, it's been <laughs> so fun. But also when they tell us what particular part of it was helpful to them or what, or with feedback, what was missing and they'd like to see next time in a, in a future iteration, right? Mm-hmm. Um And I think through that process, we've had a lot of conversations with, um, aspiring and current fund managers around just roll up your sleeves and get into it. It is frightening. It is daunting. Um, Mm -hmm. fundraising is hard. If you want to learn about how to take rejection and, um, you know, how to, how to get a no and move on, fundraising is the perfect way to do that, right? Whether you're an entrepreneur (laughs) or an investor, either way, uh, we're all fundraising. And so being able to not make it personal, right? And instead Mm -hmm. to make a programmatic plan that says, okay, if I'm raising a $50 million round, I need, or 50, excuse me, a $50 million fund. I need to meet with six to eight X that amount of capital. So what is it, Kego? About 400 meetings I'm going to need to take in order to to raise that and the conversion rate. And so let's just get through the no's to get to the yeses. A quick no Mm -hmm. is better than no answer at all or, or a, you know, prolonged interaction if the person has no interest in investing. So let's. Really, like like I said, roll up our sleeves, get our energy up, and let's dive in and let's make a plan. Let's test the deck and our messaging with friendlies before we deliver it. Let's develop that investor lead list. And making those approaches, plans, list, um, action items can make it feel less, okay, where do I start? What do I do? And that feels daunting and intimidating.
1: Mm, yes, so, it's really kind of like you said, breaking it down into kind of some tangible steps so that you can just start moving forward, kind of have that, that bias towards action. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, you can get into this, this whole idea of like inertia. You can get stuck because it's so overwhelming. Um, which I think is phenomenal. Um, what would you say in terms of, um, you know, just y- even you all and, and I think, you know, uh, it, 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 uh, Kago, you mentioned a little bit about when you all were writing the book. I mean, that, you know, for, we get lots of individuals who are wanting to turn their, you know, their expertise into a book. And that just sounds very daunting. Um, how did you all kind of, when you started, you know, breaking it down, like how, and you said you started reaching out to managers, even asking them, how would you want to learn, which is really important. Um, what would you say, you know, for other individuals out there too, who are thinking about these really big goals and breaking them down, but even something as scary as writing a book. What are some of the, um, you know, things that help you just get started? And then what are some of those limiting beliefs kind of, you know, I know that when we started, you know, way back when too, it was just like, well, is my is my expertise going to appeal to anybody to, to, is it going to matter to anybody or are they gonna you know take my my you know advice seriously what were some of those things that may have gone through your mind or that you hear some of your you know um clients talking about and how do you get past them yourself or how do you advise them to get past it
3: uh, first off I love that your community is thinking about sharing more of what they know um it, it's important to do it's as shay mentioned you know how can we give back to the community sometimes it's just <laughs> sharing what you know even right. if you think it's it's not the way that someone else learns there may just be one person and i think that makes it worth it mm-hmm. um I, you know i really i really think for us <laughs> going back to this getting into the war room together and just getting things done um we tend to have the the strategy of, look, if we're setting a goal, let's time box it. Let's think mm, about, yes. let's, let's think about what we can get done now. So to give you an idea and this, um, you know, is just our story. And remember we had two of us, but yes. we essentially started to really put this together, um, in the spring of last year mm-hmm. and, you know, within six to eight months, we had a book on the shelves and we're beyond lucky and, and fortunate that it was well received and, you know, hit bestseller in these mm-hmm. categories. But that was, that was sort of a side effect of the work. What we decided to do is month by month, you know, I'll throw out a random month up- of March. Uh-huh. What can we do this month? What's the one thing we can do? And maybe mm-hmm. it's having 10 conversations with 10 fund managers who we already know and, and love us and, and want to see this su- the success of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. It's April now. What can we do? Well, maybe let's take articles we've written and memos we've put together and pitch decks we've reviewed and turn that into samples, right? What's the one thing you can get done? And mm-hmm. I mean, Shay will probably have um, more comments on this, but before you know it, the time just flew by. <laughs> um, yes. And I think it comes together because we're setting just one goal of one thing that's tangible that we can do together in a very short period of time. And, and we, we like to time box each other and keep each other honest to mm-hmm. that time.
1: Mm. Yeah, I love what you said, focusing on the one thing, like, you know, what is the one thing that you can focus on and making sure it's the right time, right? But like, rather than trying to boil the ocean, what is the one thing that you can do to keep moving forward?
2: And to your point about um, for your community who's thinking of writing, I I think they just jump in, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying um, in my new year practice, I'm trying to divorce myself of should. Should I do this? Should I do that? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like to, to Kiko's point, what is one thing that I can do right now to take myself out of that, you know, analysis paralysis or or maybe even imposter syndrome or other things, worrying if I have something to contribute or something new to say, okay, I'm sure I have at least one thing that I could share that's unique mm-hmm. to my perspective and experiences. So let me jump in there and take that one action.
1: Mm, yes. And I love what you said in terms of, you know, do I have anything new to say? And what we don't realize, I think, you know, there's so many individuals out there that like what, even though to you it may not sound, it may not be new or feel new to somebody else. It's going to, there's going to be that one person, as kego said out there, that's going to think, you know, it's going to have the light bulbs going to go off. They're going to have an aha moment because of that comment or the, whatever it is that you shared, which I think is so powerful.
0: What if you knew exactly where to focus to go further, that value- Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers and the ability to take action and gain unstoppable momentum to deliver results and advance. Take the Beyond Barriers Momentum Metric Quiz to get a personalized report on the five C's, core categories used to measure and accelerate success. Visit GoBeyondBarriers.com quiz to get your report today.
1: Can you talk a little bit about um you know you you when you think about your clients and you think about the entrepreneurs and the you know the the fund managers as they as you mentioned it sounds daunting right 400 me- 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 meetings and lots of no's how do you you know how do you coach them you know as they start the setbacks, you know, when they feel like the setbacks and the failures and the, you know, how do you get them to keep moving forward and not just kind of give up? Like, okay, I've, you know, for whatever reason, my last 12 meetings, they've all been no's or my last 20 meetings have all been no's. How do you keep them? How do you help them overcome those kind of setbacks and those, you know, those what they feel like failures and the no's that they're eventually going
2: to get to the yes? What What is it? What would you share to those people? So we ran a GP forum last year because Mm -hmm. fund managers, um, how can we facilitate the peer-led knowledge exchange for fund managers? How can we encourage one another, support one another, also be in a safe shared space where we can share soup to nuts, like what's really going on, be honest about what we're seeing in the market, be honest about our feelings about those no's and also move beyond them, encourage one another. And Mm -hmm. so we ran a, um, uh, this GP forum for a peer led knowledge exchange and also to have experts come in and talk about everything from institutional investor readiness to, um, you know, the difference between fund one and fund three and, and to be able to do an AMA style ask me anything with other fund managers to, to get that information and feedback. So mm-hmm. yes, we, we wrote the book, but. We're people and we need human interaction, right? And we need yes. to be able to talk to other people and discuss our feelings about those no's and our feelings mm-hmm. about the process that we're running um, and to ask advice and and to, um, you know, I remember one fund manager was doing their first SPV. Well, one mm-hmm. of our longtime collaborators has done literally hundreds of SPVs, So he was thrilled to, you know, be able to share that knowledge with her around okay, here's why a member-managed SPV may not be a great idea for what you're trying to do. Um, or, you know, here's the costs of different uh, service providers and here's what you can expect to spend in, in the range of uh, options there. And so, you know, that real-time feedback and knowledge sharing, I think it's a different element to the written mm-hmm.
0: word.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is very different. I mean, and and what, you know, what you're sharing is, you know, having that, that sense of community where they don't feel as isolated, right? They don't, they don't feel like they're alone in getting this done, um, which, which I think is really powerful in terms of understanding that, you know, it may feel lonely and isolated to you on what you're working on, but you have a, a community of like-minded individuals that you realize that your feelings aren't, <laughs> you aren't the only one feeling you know, that way, or, you know, and it, it kind of helps you take one step forward. I want to shift gears a little bit, and talk about, you know, we always, you know, here at Beyond Barriers, we're always talking about the power of, you know, just um knowing your personal brand reputation, telling your story, kind of your vision, gaining clarity on that. And I know that you work a lot, you know, with these fund managers and you talk about, you know, their investment thesis and really thinking about their vision and their strategy and how do they tell that story to almost get the yes, right? You know, are they articulating that, you know, different, what's what's different? The differentiator, like there's lots of people out there, lots of fund managers asking for money in such a small world that they're asking a lot of the same people probably. But how do you make sure, you know, how do you help them? Differentiate themselves. How do you help them create that unique value proposition that will get the yes from the investor? Um, what are those things that you share uh, that help your, you know, individuals who read this book or your clients get to the yes?
3: Yeah. It, it, it's interesting to, because you're right that. Whether you are a first time fund manager or a, you know, a, a newly minted venture fund manager, previously an angel investor, you really are trying to not only talk to your investors of what is my investment thesis? What type of portfolio companies am I going to invest in? But mm-hmm. they're investing in you. And that is something that we we try to emphasize actually with fund managers that in addition to having a great idea, being a great deal chooser, mm-hmm. um, you're really asking individuals to trust that you will keep their, their capital safe. It doesn't mean you won't mm-hmm. lose money. It doesn't mean you, <laughs> that you will do 10 X, right? Um, because it's, a, it's the investment space and sometimes things don't work out, but the idea of, you know, being really, Communicative with your investors in good times and in bad. Um, the idea of having a thesis that you can stand by and that you can stick to and that you mm-hmm. believe in, um, and not necessarily changing that, uh, when, th- when the going gets tough is so important to trust. And I think that trust is, is a key element of brand building. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll, I can turn it over to Shay to talk more about, you know, some of the some of the fund managers we've advised in the past, how they sort of build a brand beyond just themselves, but into um, a community as well.
2: Thank you, Keigo. That's a um, a great reminder of the give before you take, or give more than you take. Mm-hmm. Um, and beginning first, uh, one of the groups that we worked with, they participated in our forum and are, are good friends of ours. They're two phenomenal fund managers, and they started by building an ecosystem. They created a fellowship, and they're in a particular vertical where their mm-hmm. focus is. They created a fellowship, they created a group, um, a community, then they created multiple programs that they offer for very little to no expense. And then when they went to raise their first fund, they raised from entrepreneurs who were successful. Successfully exited in that space. So they're really building this incredible momentum um, of successful exits. That again, that facilitating knowledge exchange in their vertical, giving, giving into the community by providing these um, foundational and educational experiences and then also investing on top of that. And I just think that's a really smart way to brand while sticking with your own principles and, and creating some greater value in our ecosystem. Because you do have to answer the question, why does the mm-hmm. world need another fund manager?
1: right <laughs> exactly right and and how do we differentiate that no i think what you just shared is so insightful and and powerful um i want to shift gears and i want to ask another question and it's more probably personal to each of you as you know you're you all very well know like the this industry can be very It could be very anxiety ridden. There's lots of, um, demands on time. There's no such thing as work-life balance. It's, it's really about work-life integration. And how, how would you or, and how do you, um, you know, because you both have been very successful in your own right. Both have, have, you know, corporate experience. Um, and then you've gone and you've launched, you know, your entrepreneurs in and of yourself. How do you, how do you balance? And it's not even balanced, but how do you integrate the work and the life? And how do you, how do you draw boundaries? And what is it that you do to kind of keep yourself grounded and sane? Each of you, I'd love to hear from both of you.
2: Pago, hey, do you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Go. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, Really believe in that, right? I think it's critically important. I have an amazing family that I love to spend time with. I have a wife and two daughters and we, um, those girls are growing so incredibly fast. It's a great reminder to stay focused (laughs) because my 10 year old is already taller than my wife and one of her teachers, like she's just on, you know, just growing Uh so incredibly fast. Um, and so that is our focus, right? Like what, what I'm doing, I'm doing for them. And so mm-hmm. if I don't take the time to spend with them, it's not yeah, worth it. Um, also I spend a lot of time outdoors. Um, I'm originally from the country. And so now that I live in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. um, during COVID, my, my new habit during COVID was to hike. And so our family did 21 hikes in 2021, wow. 22 <laughs> hikes last year, and now we're on track to do 23 for 2023. Um, so I, for me, it's a mix of spending time with loved ones, friends, you know, um, really important for me to have a really strong support system beyond tech. I think beyond tech Mm -hmm. and investing, like making sure that, you know, um, I'm not participating in echo chambers socially. Right. And so that, that our life is rich and full of a diversity perspectives in any, every direction. Um, and then
3: also just spending a lot of time outside, but Keiko, how about you? I, I'm always impressed at the, uh, the 23 and 23 every time I hear (laughs) that. So, uh, yeah, I would, I, I would say I'm more of a, um, you know, have serenity when I can on my own. So you, we, I think see, have seen over COVID at least there's this, um, there was this introvert extrovert <laughs> debate of, you know, what makes you an introvert? What makes you an extrovert? Right. Um, or, or at least just where you recharge. And I absolutely recharge at home. Um, I recharge a lot with my husband who's, you know, of course, an incredible partner it, it, beyond just um, professional, but you know, you're dealing with things with your family or with a friend mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, I, I, I've decided, and we've been married for a long time, but I've decided that he's going to be the person that also bears that burden with me. And, um, (laughs) that helps me recharge at home because I have that. Um, the other, I'd say more tactical thing (laughs) that I do, uh, and it sounds a little bit silly, but water breaks and stretching. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. As you get, I mean, you know, dating myself, but as you get older and I, you know, as an athlete and, and as I was younger, but the, the water rigs aren't just nutritional. I think about them as a time to just remove yourself from the things that we talked earlier, right? You can get mm-hmm. stuck or analysis paralysis, or you feel you can't move. I, I schedule water breaks for myself. I have about 20 of these pints around the house, it's mm-hmm. encouraging me to just get up because um, again, we can get into a working session. I can, I do that in many facets of my life. Um, but as soon as I turn around and I see this glass here, it's reminding me, get up, get out of the zone for just a moment so that you mm-hmm. can come back with fresh eyes. So there's a combination of being, you know, sort of insular and and protecting my time when I am at home um and then when I am with my husband and the okay now that you are home make sure that you're standing up and moving around and stretching and um you know not letting those old bones get too yes. too rickety.
1: <laughs> I feel you
3: I'm right there. It's just like the stretching is oh my goodness
1: uh, I'm so realizing critical. how how powerful the stretching can be because uh <laughs> sitting in a desk for the majority of your day is is really taxing on those. Uh, I feel the muscle atrophy as we say. So.
3: <laughs>
1: Amazing. Well, I have one more question for you all um, before we move into the lightning round questions, which I, I love to get into. But, um, you know, you all are in a space that is very male-dominated. And there are lots of systemic barriers. And I love that your book is, you know, it's out there for anybody, which is wonderful. But I do feel like, you know, really making sure that women and people of color that, you know, aren't very well represented in that venture fund world, um, get a hold of this and really kind of if, you know, if they have a desire or, you know, a goal to to get in this space, it's really important. But I want to ask you all, you know, being in it, Um, you know, what do you hope to see? Like, you know, what is, what is the, what is this trend that you're seeing in terms of all of these new fund managers that are coming up out of, well, I would like to say the woodwork, right? That you're starting to see more and more interest or, like you said, more fund managers popping up. Um, you know, what is your, what is your hopes with the book? But what are some of the trends that you're seeing right now, um, in the venture fund space that, you know, can shed some light on, you know, representation, or hopefully that it starts moving the needle in in a
2: better direction.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Well, one thing is that there is not a pipeline problem. We are here today. There are Mm -hmm. so many amazing aspiring fund managers, current fund managers, people who are deploying their fund zeros, fund ones, fund twos, um, who've got an extensive history of angel investing, who come from a vast majority of um different backgrounds different ethnicities different life orientations different perspectives different mm-hmm. professional expertise um there's one fund that we um work with very closely they were um one was an, a former educator and one was an ex philosophy um mm. major turned head turned hedge fund manager um and they came together and have one of the most um, amazing great returns their fund is performing phenomenally well they're doing amazing things in the ecosystem and you know they didn't have a venture background. So when they approached mm-hmm. me, they said, you know, Hey, Shay, like we have this unique perspective and we think we've got this amazing opportunity to invest in what could we do? You have a background in venture. Could you help us? And they were actually two of the big inspirations for where we are today. And, and this mm-hmm. knowledge share with the book and the forum and other things. Um, and I was like, yes, please let's dive in. Let's do this. And so you know that is that is what i hope becomes socialized because we all have our own unconscious biases and things like that that we are we're all working through hopefully every day and that that myth that there's a pipeline problem mm-hmm. um we've
3: just been wowed by the talent out there wouldn't you say kego 1000% uh, I, mm-hmm. I it's a hope of ours and i think it's something that we are actively deciding that you know what? We're going to be a part of that future. We are mm-hmm. going to be a part of changing that with everything that we do. We think about overlooked communities. We think about the backgrounds of the people who, you know, may not have come from a heavily homogenous um, venture, you know, large venture firm from right. 20 years ago, right? Uh, we think about the people who, although may not have come through that background, they're Excellent at what they do. They are excellent at investing in compelling companies. So, how do we get them the insider knowledge that we continue to learn and hear about over and over again? Yes, it's through the book, but it's it's being very deliberate. You know, it, as a sophisticated investor or sophisticated institution, mm-hmm. um, it's a part of your job. It, it's legitimately a part of your job, not just to find a great deal, but to go out and and. Be involved in these networks and communities because as Shay said, there is really not a pipeline problem. Mm. We're, um, we're really seeing these, these individuals who were, were here and were around. We're really seeing them everywhere. Um, and that hasn't changed. And I don't think it's, it has changed in a long time. Mm. Uh, so being very deliberate, um, you know, avoiding the excuse of, of a pipeline problem and mm-hmm. realizing that it is a part of your job in the same way that you know, if there was, as there has been, a a crypto rage or an NFT right. rage, and and you see investors spending a lot of time to find those really compelling crypto funds and really compelling NFT funds, all right, well, think about those overlooked communities. It's part of your job. You can do right, it. Right. Right. Um, so we find and- that to be. Really important as well. Go go ahead, Jay. Yeah, I was just going
2: to add exactly
3: what you're saying, and and if we can be here
2: as a source for those who are interested in proactively sourcing those diversity of intellect, diversity of talent, call yes. us. We're here for you, right? Yes. And, and to those who are um, entering the space on the emerging manager side, you know putting the tools in their hands that they can have a fund of operational excellence and where they are, you know, completing all of the aspects of due diligence and, and that kind of building that operational foundation with finance as a critical cornerstone that they have all of the built-in controls for the fiduciary obligation to the investors. That's where we want to help on that side.
1: Mm, that's phenomenal, and I'm so I'm so excited. I'm glad to hear that you're saying like there's no pipeline issue, but it's really a lack of knowledge, right? It's a mm-hmm. lack of awareness. Um, and I loved the example you shared, Shay, with you know individuals coming from non finance backgrounds who are you know don't really have any of the you know venture fund um, you know background of like they can, you can also get started. Like it's it that shouldn't be an obstacle. It should be actually an opportunity because of the diversity of thought that they bring. Um, um, you know, to the space as well. So that that is really amazing to hear that from both of you. So I want to dive into our um, final questions because I know that I've taken up almost the, the full hour of our time. Um, but I want to dive into the uh, you know, our lightning round questions, which are a lot of fun. And, and we can, you know, tag team these where you can both, you know, answer this because I think then our audience gets like even a double whammy for each each of them. But they're very quick, lightning round. But for each of you, what book has greatly influenced you? Um, and how? Kego, how about we have you go
3: first? Sure. I'm going to go with Lord of the Flies. And this is something I read. Huh, yeah. Gosh, how old was I? I mean, maybe 12? You know, yeah, sixth grade, like, i say? it was
1: like primary school required reading Primary for us school requirement.
3: Right? And there are a lot of reasons why, you know, that's not read now. But yeah. Yeah. Um, Mainly because I, I tend to think a lot about society and, mm-hmm. you know, how we can live an ethical life. And I think mm-hmm. that book is a, a clear demonstration of um, the way that society is truly just a function of our individual ethics, right? Yes. If, if one of us <laughs> unfolds, then many of us can unfold and, and it can um, dissipate very quickly if we don't take care and, and pay attention.
1: Mm, I love that. I love that. I'm going to have to revisit that because you're right. There's so many parallels <laughs> now of really like almost kind of like the un- disrupting that unconscious bias or it can lead to really mm-hmm. <laughs> horrible, mm-hmm. horrible things. Phen- phenomenal. Yeah. Shay, how about you? Which, which book has greatly influenced you?
2: There is a book called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership um, mm-hmm. written by Diana Chapman, Jim Detmer, and Kaylee Klimp. And Uh I had the privilege of working with Diana as an executive coach several years ago. And then they came out with this book and it was just really um, pivotal for me. It's about taking Mm -hmm. your 100% responsibility, but only your 100% and acknowledging that other people have responsibility um, in whatever your interaction is. And they're really applying it to the workforce, right? And to teams mm-hmm. and how you build products and how you run companies. Um, and coming from a place, of, they have this model called above or below the line. And when you're below mm-hmm. the line, you're kind of constricted and fearful and reactionary. And when mm-hmm. you're above the line, you're open and curious and interested in solutions that work for all of us, right? Coming from a place Mm -hmm. of commonality. And the one of the things I really like about the book is it's not judgment. It's not like there's a right way or a wrong way. It's more about um, being aware of yourself and even like checking in with your body to feel those constrictions or that openness and that you can move yourself. You can take some deep breaths. You can Mm -hmm. get up and move around. You can shift your mindset. Um, And I'll admit it's something that I admire and practice but I'm not adept (laughs) at, So I really like
1: that. Yes. uh, I'm always a work in progress. No, that sounds like (laughs) something I definitely want to pick up and and, uh, take a look at. Um, Let's jump back to to Takego. How about what is your favorite inspiring quote or saying?
3: So it's a saying and then I've added a little bit. um, But uh, Melody Hobson, who is president and CEO of Ariel Investments and asset manager, um, it may have been in, in a conversation or or in a talk, but um, she has this theory of there are two types of people in this mm-hmm. world, the energy givers and the energy takers. And mm-hmm. you know, the energy takers, because when you get that, that number coming up on your caller ID, you immediately have that sinking feeling. So mm, yes. I, I love that. I, I love that in that quote. Um, mm-hmm. But my addition to that is, I have just decided to dramatically reduce the energy takers in my mm-hmm. sphere. Yes. Um, and this is anything from clients to advisors. Um, we even talk about this with our fund managers, even people you're taking money from, mm-hmm. right? Think about yes. um, the the level of toxicity that they bring to you and, mm-hmm. you know, make the decision for yourself. But I've personally decided to um, absolutely reduce, if not, completely eliminate um, the energy takers from my sphere.
1: Mm, I love that. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think even even in our, you know, with our company, as we kind of d- did, you know, our first fundraiser, our kind of seed round, one advisor told us, like, you know, we were oversubscribed and he was like, listen, you have the luxury of picking or choosing who you're going to take money from. He was like, choose the people that you're going to be ecstatic that they are benefiting or, you know, making money mm-hmm. with you or mm-hmm. off of you mm-hmm. um, and not the individuals that you're going to cringe and just, you know, like the, the energy is just negative. So I love that. I love the whole energy taker giver kind of um, just, just get rid of those people. So I, I love <laughs> that. Shay, how about you? What inspiring quote are saying?
2: My favorite quote is the be the change you wish to see in the world, which I know is a synthesized version of a much longer quote by Gandhi. But that um, that has been an inspiration and a, and a kind of guiding force for me that if, if I want to see something be different, then I need to put energy and action toward doing that.
1: Mm, yes, that is something I actually have it right here on my desk. So I think you and I both, uh, it's definitely be the change of being that change agent, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and I used to always remember, you know, working in in the corporate space when I was heading up DNI initiatives, where you always had these leaders coming and giving their opinion. And I'm like, well, you know, if you want to see that change, why don't you be do that change? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's so much easier said than done. So I love, I love the "be the change" quote. I have one, um, as we were talking to a a brand a little earlier, kind of what is the one word or moniker that you would use to describe yourself or maybe the duo, the two of you as as a team, what is that one word or moniker that you would use to describe yourselves?
3: Shay, do we have a combined word? I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Okay, I'm going to be on the fly here. But if I had to think of one for us, it would be entrepreneurial. So to Mm. me, that means creating something of value. Um, not just building something, but also turning that into like a sustainable business model or a profitable Mm -hmm. endeavor. Also like not taking no for an answer, but finding a way to make it work and being, you know, driven and tenacious and motivated. Um, So Mm -hmm. that, that would be the word if I had to pick one right now. Oh, wow. I loved it.
1: I love it. And which, what about individually, Shay, what would you say is one word for you? I'm pretty tenacious, I have to say. I'm
2: going to oh, find a it. way to get yeah. it done. I'm going to find a way through.
1: <laughs> my kind of, my kind of, uh, of, of circle. Uh, Keigo, how about you?
3: Uh, well, as a, as a group, as a team, Shay, I might say experimental mm-hmm. because we, we will try and explore <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, almost anything, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think it's because we can do it quickly and, and sort of Turn things around mm-hmm. um, yeah. as a in terms of work product and turn things around pretty quickly. Uh individually, I would say paced, perhaps, mm-hmm. because I'm often very fast paced. I think mm-hmm. 85% of the time I'm I'm moving through things quickly and iterating quickly. Um but then there's 15% of the time where I understand my surroundings. I take stock of that. And if mm-hmm. I need to be medium paced to fit, you know, the group yeah. or the goal, then then I can uh, shift down uh, a bit. I love <laughs> for it. that. Yes.
1: <laughs> it's being present and understanding when you've got to <laughs> downshift or, or speed it up. I love yeah. it. So um, for the final question I will ask you all is, What power song would you want playing as you walked out onto a stage? Um, So think about, you know, your next your next conference or the next speaking event. What is that power song that you'd have playing as you walk out onto the stage? And Shale, I'll start with you.
2: Okay, so I went through a couple for this, but I'm gonna. I ended up with "I'm Every Woman" by Shaka Khan because I like the I- inclusivity of yes. that message, right? That yes. we are one and we're we're having we're here having this experience on this planet together. Um, and plus, I saw her in um, New York many years ago and really enjoyed the experience.
1: <laughs> I love it. I think we're all dating ourselves by
2: like, oh yes, I totally <laughs> remember that song. I had a Beyonce <laughs> one, but you know. <laughs>
3: Keiko, how about you? We're completely dating ourselves because mine would be Whitney Houston, I Wanna Dance with Somebody. I love it. <laughs> yes, two songs. So and it's just a, good. it's just a feel-good song. I'll
1: have you That's ladies know real. that we um will take these songs. We would like to every quarter take all of our podcast guests and take the power songs and make playlists of it so oh, that's fun so we will we will have your songs uh <laughs> definitely included in this in this uh power play uh playlist that we have and sure we'll get you know everybody dancing around and and really almost kind of like pounding our chest that we are every woman <laughs>
2: <laughs> but kego you're not dating yourself because my daughters picked that for their playlist their dance playlist they ah. put whitney houston's i want to dance with somebody
3: on it oh, i like gosh. oh my gosh, it's still relevant it's co- today. Love well, that. it's come around again yeah. after you know thirty-seven <laughs> years. That's, that's not... <laughs> I love oh. that.
1: Well, ladies, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing about yourselves and your book. And I know that we're going to get inquiries as to, you know, where, you know, where can they find more about you all, more about the book, more about you all as a resource. So if either one of you can share, you know, what's the best way to get in contact um, with you or to find more information?
3: Yes, we would love to stay in touch. I think it's it's really important to us that we hear from the community that we hear from those around us who are building. So we're not Mm -hmm. all building in a vacuum as we talked about. So, um, you can either reach out to us um, directly through our website. It's VentureFundBlueprint.com. Uh, you can also find out about our complimentary resources that are available there to get yes. started on your fund today. Um, mm-hmm. If you are ready to do that or if you're just playing around with the idea, um, visit the website and there are you know, a ton of different resources there. Um, and our book is available everywhere. You know, Books are sold on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. The Venture Fund blueprint.
1: Yes, thank you for sharing that. And yes, the book is definitely a must have the it's all the how to access capital, achieve, launch and actualize growth. Uh, There's so many amazing things in there. And I was actually really impressed by all the blueprints that you all share on the website that are free. So definitely something you want to check out. Um, It's 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 really great information. I, I found it very informative personally. So, again, thank you both, Shay and Kago, for taking the time to be on the podcast. And I look forward to uh, continued conversations with you both. Likewise. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you for
0: joining us for this episode of the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend, or share what you've learned on LinkedIn and tag us. We love hearing from our audience. Visit us at GoBeyondBarriers.com, where you can subscribe and find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests.